You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I struggled so much. Oh my God. I, I, I didn't even have money because, you know, I couldn't work and all that stuff. I had, I, I used to put, um, I used to take, when I used to take classes at ABT in the morning, I would take a morning class. And you remember I would buy those uh, dollar coffee and, you know, muffin on the street. Remember those little vans that uh, I used to buy those, but then I didn't have money for lunch. So in the winter I would take, it's really funny, but I would take my, my cherry chopstick and put it on my lips and just like pretend that it was, you know, flavored something. Hey, what's going on? It's me, Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, an online training platform that helps actors to train like athletes. If you're an actor, you're an athlete, so start training like one. Head on over to the website, builtforthestage.com, and try out a free trial. Or you can make it easy on yourself and just click the link in the description of this episode, and we'll be on our way to seven days where you can interact with a coach, try out some workouts, and really just put your fitness at the forefront as it is extremely important when being an actor on the stage or on the screen. So hit us up at Bill for the Stage. As always, if you'd like, please leave a comment, rate, subscribe to the podcast. It's of great appreciation. And we also want to thank our producing team, Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. All right, now on to our guest, exciting guest as always, Bill for the Stage fam. Uh, his name is Kafir Danielli. He is a jack of all trades when it comes to performance. I've been checking out his YouTube page. Um, we'll have that link in the description of this episode as well, so make sure you hop on over to that. Uh, Kafir started out in uh, theater, I'm presuming we'll get to that in the conversation, but you saw him in Phantom of the Opera possibly, TV shows like Gotham, Homeland, um, you also will be able to uh, hear his new music. We're going to get into a couple of his singles, one of them being uh, titled Fan a Bitch, which just so happens to uh, spell out fab. So I love that dual tandem there <laughs> of that uh, title. So please welcome to the podcast, Kafir Danielli. Hey, Kafir. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh my goodness. So good to chat with you. Tell us where you're calling in from. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually calling from Israel. I'm at home right now at the moment. 
my base is actually in New York, but my parents are overseas in Israel. So I've been here for quite some time since September. Fabulous. That's so exciting just to be able to spend uh, my Friday afternoon here in America chatting with you at night um, in Israel. So let's just back it up a bit for our listeners just so that they have a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit and and know your background. So you're born in Israel. How do you end up uh, coming to the States? When is your like first little stint in performing? And how did you um, end up kind of pursuing this, not kind of, fully pursuing this uh, life as a performer, um, as an actor or musician? Well, I actually started as a professionally classical uh, ballet dancer. And uh, I started dancing at the age of six in my hometown studio. And um, basically, after that, I've joined the Royal Academy of Dance. Um, I have to interrupt uh, from you. London, I have to interrupt London. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm watching YouTube, right? I'm watching your music videos. And you uh-huh. do like this flawless triple pirouette. And I'm like, oh, he's a dancer dancer. <laughs> and now now it's making so much sense. It's making all the sense right now. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. Please keep going. But you no, just, no, no, no. Uh, um, just, my, my love with performing arts started from, you know, watching MTV and all that. And I wanted to be dancing like those boys on TV and girls and all that stuff. But uh, when I've met my classical ballet teacher and they saw some potential, I kind of fell in love with ballet and made it my own kind of like, you know, uh, goal to try to perfect it. I won't say perfect it because there's nothing perfect, Um, but to achieve something that might be. Um, So I went to the Royal Academy of Dance uh, when I was young and got tons of scholarships in Israel from American Israeli Culture Foundation. And um, after my army experience that I've served the Israeli army for nine months, uh, because it's mandatory, as you know, oh, okay. I, had a, um, I had an opportunity to go and visit some relatives in, in the States, in New York, and it was just a little trip. I didn't think a lot of, about it and of it. I, I didn't even want to go, but my mom pushed me. So I, uh, I took the opportunity and went. And when I came to America, I just fell in love with, you know, with it and what it had to offer. And I saw an opportunity to start and, you know, pursue maybe a dance career overseas. Um, so I enrolled at the ABT American Ballet Theater um, school, actually. I worked there, um, worked at the office and I cleaned, you know, toilets and, you know, dressing rooms in order to get some free classes. And one thing led to another. And then I started with a studio company as, uh, I want to say a sidekick, but, you know, I joined their classes and their rep for like the last four months of their run. And after that, I got a a job offer actually in Birmingham by, um, and that was Birmingham, Alabama in the South. So mind you that I came to the state as a tourist um, and things just, things just moved towards, you know, um, that direction. So I took that offer and moved to Birmingham and also because it helped me, uh, you know, achieve a status of a worker and a visa of an artist and all that good stuff. It took some time and I became a principal dancer there and traveled the world. Actually, I've, be, I've became a guest artist in many companies around the world, uh, 
a lot in Japan and in the United States. Uh, so I did a lot of big ballets um, and toured until I decided to come back to New York. And um, actually, I've tried to join Broadway because I was very interested in singing and then the other, you know, side of performing arts. Uh, my entire life, I grew up in, you know, opera houses and big classical ballets and scores and all that stuff. But I was very interested in, in, in Broadway and the theater and the small stage and, you know, the acting and all that. Um, so I came back to New York and I slept on a lot of couches <laughs> for many years and um, moved from, you know, a place to a place and struggled a lot. Uh, did tons of auditions um, until one day I got a Phantom Tour, the U.S. tour. And, and that was amazing. I knew that the minute that happened, I knew that um, my life was actually going to change. And it did because I, I you know, I, um, I believed it will. Um, my love for music, um, I've, I loved music my entire life, uh, you know, singing to myself or at home or, in, you know, in school choir. Uh, but I never really took anything on it because I was kind of like ashamed of my voice and, uh, you know, my own issues with that. Um, I, I, I didn't struggle, but like being a ballet dancer in my hometown or like I was a lot of kind of like an outcast. Uh, I didn't have lots of friends because, you know, boys didn't understand why a little boy wants to dance. You know, the Billy Elliot thing. Um, and Israel is a very uh, macho country, was actually. Um, now it's so open and it's amazing for the LGBTQ uh, family. It's very welcoming and it's one of the best places, I, I think. Um, but anyways, I... Um, I loved music my entire life and I had some experiences, you know, growing up, I say growing up because I did my growing up kind of like in the South uh, while dancing there and on my own. Um, I, I had some experiences and, and, you know, things that happened to me that kind of like scarred me emotionally and, you know, failed loves and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I started writing poems and one day I just thought to myself, why wouldn't I put some music to it and try my luck in music? And that's how thing, things rolled from that point. But um, I, I, always, I always knew that, you know, to succeed in music or to write music or to do other stuff, like I, I needed to have the financial backup. And I knew that being a ballet dancer would not, you know, would not be enough. And I actually saw Broadway as a, another ticket with, you know, experience to begin with and the financial um, gifts of it to help me, you know, materialize my other dreams, which were music. And when I got Phantom of the Opera, the tour, I was like, wow, in heaven. But that was a tour, so... I traveled the state and I learned music and I learned how to sing. And I actually started learning how to sing before that a little bit. I, um, I used to go to Montevallo University, um, Dr. Benjamin Middow. I found him through a friend in Birmingham and he actually trained Rebecca Luker, which passed away, I thought, I think um, a few weeks ago, which is 
kind of sad. Uh, it is sad. And um, I don't know. I just started going to classes with uh, Mr. Benjamin uh, Medow, and he was he was amazing. So he was my first vocal coach. Um, yeah. I love that. Let's I back can, up a I little bit. <laughs> no, that was perfect. A little timeline for us, but let's back up to kind of the beginning. How was it coming from Israel and finding yourself in the great state of Alabama? How, how was that transition for you culturally? Um, it was shocking, but to tell you the truth, what shocked me the most was, first of all, I was in New York for the first two years. Um, I struggled so much. Oh my God. Like, I, I didn't even have money because, you know, I couldn't work and all that stuff. I had, I, I used to put, um, I used to take, when I used to take classes at ABT in the morning, I would take a morning class. And you remember I would buy those uh, dollar coffee and, you know, muffin on the street. Remember those little vans that uh, yeah. I used to buy those, but then I didn't have money for lunch. So it, in the winter I would take, it's really funny, but I would take my, my cherry chopstick and put it on my lips and just like, pretend that it was you know flavored something um yeah but it was it was a struggle it was it was really hard i i remember um one incident that really like shook me um i was i was dancing there so much and you know people saw me from the company and from the director and you want people to notice you and all that stuff and i'll never forget that one day I was stretching in the hallway and about to take company class with ABT and all that stuff. And one of the directors passed me and acted like I wasn't even there when I acknowledged him for a good morning. And he kind of cut me like I was a ghost or something. And it just dawned on me that like I was, I was a nobody there. You know what I mean? That feeling of somebody ignoring you to that point that really uh, shook me. Um, I was, I was um I loved I loved coming to America and discovering uh America and and you know people there. Um I don't know. I how did how did you How did you It was keep, very different. Um How did you keep pursuing your your dreams or aspirations in the midst of those struggles in the midst of uh, having a casting director make you feel invisible or the point where you're so hungry that you're putting your chapstick on your lips and pretending that it's food. Like how, how are you able to persevere through that? I don't know. I don't know. I really, I had a belief that something good was going to happen. I always do. I think I, I like, I, sometimes people tell me that I live in a bubble that I'm like, Oh, you know, some, if not, something is not going right today, tomorrow, there's so many, there are so many possibilities something might happen that will, you know, be amazing. And I think that what really pushed me, um, the struggles were, hor were hard, like really hard. And I, I want to go back a little bit and talk about how I felt it was different. It felt like I had to be born all over again. And it's so hard because I had, you know, immigrants and people like that that come to a new place have to be reborn in a certain way you know i i was born an israeli boy and suddenly i'm trying to become an american and to put myself in through that you know the community and through society as an american or as a person but when you don't have papers and when you you can't work and you you feel like a ghost and 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 it's it can be very scarring and scary uh, so i i totally uh, 
you know, and when all the immigrant stuff has happened in America, it's, it was very close and dear to my heart because I felt what it was like to be like that. Uh, did not have the power to be a human being. You know what I mean? With the most basic uh, needs like work or yeah. food or anything like that. So it was, it was um, tough. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. So I like to, I want to talk about a little bit with, you had you said in some way that you were struggling to accept your voice or be comfortable with your singing as you were you were starting out or learning. Um, I think this mm-hmm. is a great parallel, obviously for our performers out there to relate to just about um, growing into their own skin and, and growing into their uh, abilities and, and growing confidence and skills and whatnot. But I think it also parallels to an experience in fitness where at first, you're very uncomfortable maybe in a gym or even at home trying to uh, exercise. And there is a moment where you have to just um, go through those barriers one way or the other and find yourself either uh, conquering those barriers and realizing, oh, you know, I can do this. I have a place in, in this field. I can, you know, I belong here. Um, or you don't get that opportunity and you end up turning around and quitting. Tell us a little bit about that that transition where you were finding yourself as a singer and and just going through that phase in your career. I don't really I don't, <clears throat> I, I don't know how I came out of that thinking, the way of thinking or being ashamed of your voice or anything like that, but I think it was like a, a few like events that just led one thing led to the the other to the next. And um I don't recall a specific time. I think it was. I, I think it was at that time when I had this like trauma with a death of a close uh, friend of mine that came out of nowhere. Um, that I just saw that you know, I didn't see. I, I felt like okay, I'm alive right now, and I'm feeling all this pain, and and that I have to express somehow. And and it it wasn't like a, a big deal, like comparing to the pain and the things that I was going through, like being ashamed of your voice wasn't on the scale, something that would tip it over. You know what I mean? So I kind of like pushed it and pushed against it, just like I did in ballet life in companies. Like for example, how I became a principal dancer was because I didn't let other people play with my head as much. You know what I mean? Or even if they say something or influenced me, I always... I, it was always it always became a challenge of like 
oh, I'll show you, oh, oh I'll stand up and I'll do it better. Um, it pushed me to be more, uh, not aggressive, but aggressive in the way of getting a goal or achieving it or moving through a barrier. Um, yeah. I love that. Let's, so let's segue into the poems becoming music. Uh, you were doing on one of your YouTubes, I think it was an interview and you uh -huh. kind of were, ex you were explaining your style of music and, and what you almost identify with. And you, you kind of, you explained it as an opera house turning into the best nightclub. Can you talk uh -huh. a little bit about that? <laughs> I love it. I think when I, I when I um, when I was a little baby, my mom told me that um, every time I would hear drums, I would just shake the cradle so hard that it made a dent across the wall it was uh, stationed against. Um, so in my nature and my in my gut, like as an artist or as somebody who loves to move and art and all that stuff, I'm very tribal. Like so, I'm drawn into the rhythm and the beat and all that stuff. Ballet made me more um, structural and more, you know, technical and elevated it to the higher, you know, the other side of, you know, being raw and, 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 and animalistic like that. So I, I think the, what I was trying to achieve visually would come out in the sound, which means expressing my background and who I, where I came from and who I am through my love to beats and dance and um more of a you know pop music and i wanted to i've always had a dream if i would ever go on a tour like how would i create my stage show and that would be basically you know bringing in opera house qualities of productions and almost like a storytelling but you know as much as you can do it in pop show and mix it with a pop sound and um, I've always wanted to do that. So I'm trying to do that in my music videos because that's my platform, my biggest platform to bring that across. Um, as far as performing in, with my music, I've done a lot of clubs, but um, you know, in the club, you can't have uh, your own sets and everything else. You can have your dancers and a show, but you know, my ideal would be an opera house turning into the biggest nightclub. You know, I don't know, cruise control clubbing tour. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. Um, tell us a little bit about MTV in Israel. You've had experience being able to perform uh, on MTV in Israel or tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So um, that's the reason why I came here. When I came here in September, I, um, I have been talking to some people here uh, in the music industry and um, when Fanabitch came out, I've submitted it and they loved it. So uh, one of these people was a PR person uh, here in music and he actually sent it to MTV Israel and MTV the Middle East and to um, OutTV in Holland and in Canada. So they all accepted the video and they started broadcasting it. And it's so funny because like I said in the beginning of the interview, my, one, my biggest wish was to be dancing like those boys on MTV and like, the, you know, Michael Jackson and all that stuff. And to be there was, whoa, it was surreal just to see the MTV logo on top of my video. I was, you know, I came from, I, I came from like basically nowhere. And I mean, I, I 
you came from putting cherry you came from putting cherry chapstick on your lips exactly yeah Kavir, i will i will never forget that story you just said about the cherry (laughs) chapstick i will be telling that as an inspirational story to clients and friends probably for the rest of my life i swear to god i've i've it was one of the stories that always I always tell it because it's so unreal. But, you know, it really happened. Like I had to taste some flavor of something. And that was the only thing that was there until dinner time because I didn't have money to buy lunch. Yeah. So, you know, you do what you have to do. And, and if you really want it, and I, I know it's cliche to say if you really want it, you have to stick to it. But no, but I, I, I really huge. wanted it. Yeah, really we're huge on that and, here. And you, I still do, and I still do. I still want to do it with your classes as well. Like your yeah. classes and the the workouts are have been amazing to me. I've started doing them when um we went uh we went we left Broadway last uh March and it's been oh my god, when I was in New York, I would go on the rooftop and do it. And then when it got to get warmer, I started to get warmer. I went to the pier all the time and did my workouts there. And it was beside the physical workouts and the interest with the diversity of the exercises, it was the mental thing. Like you guys helped me so much. I, I'm, I'm really, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's, <laughs> it's more than an exercise. It's really a treatment to, and, you know, to your soul as well, for me at least. But highly recommend it. Well, we're uh, so fortunate to have you. Tell us a little bit about Fana Bitch and just like what the inspiration for that uh, was and just a little bit about the backstory of the creation of one of your latest singles. Okay, so um, Fana Bitch actually was created in a club. I don't really go out very often, but I went out uh, a year before COVID started to this party called Battleham in New York City. I'm sure a lot of people know about it. And usually when I go to clubs and I just, I love to stand aside and just watch people because it feels like work to me. Like I don't have the, you know, I don't want to perform <laughs> and I want to enjoy the music. So I just, people watch. And in the, during the, uh, an hour later, well, I was there for an hour, I think. And this person walks in with a fan, you know, a cl- big club fan in their hands. And, and they just started, he just started performing for everybody clear the floor everybody moved and were amazed by it and i remember i i left the, the i left the club and i kept saying fanabitch fanabitch and you know i i wrote it on my phone and the next day literally i woke up and just wrote or i wrote a poem like uh, lyrics to no beat no nothing um so few months later, I went and sat down with my co-writer. He lives in Uruguay, and we did a, a Zoom thing. And I told him about the situation, and I really wanted to, to write, you know, uh, a, a club, you know, a club song, uh, a pop club song, you know, a cultural song. And um, that's how it started. And we started writing the beats and, and, and then the melodies and, you know fix the the lyrics or the poem to fit the the track and um yeah you know talked about the ideas and everything around it um of my inspirations for this song because i think it takes sometimes to create a body of work you know it, it's like a person it needs to be in the womb and grow and you know skin and all of that tendons and muscles and it mm. takes some time so it's a pro it's a process which i love I love. And when it comes out, you know, it can, it can come out really 
good or it can come out okay. But um, this case, I, it came out great. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that people can connect to it because more than anything, I think it was about the song itself was about, um, you know, what was about grabbing somebody's attention was about bringing people confidence that, you know, letting go of their inhibitions and just be who they are without caring who's watching or what. And I think it's great that it came out now because we miss our nightlife, first of all. And second of all, like, you know, a lot of people are at home and, and by themselves and, you know, we're not around people and we want to go out there and dance and party. And I think it's a nice uh, way to bring some color back into our lives. Yeah. Last question for you. Do you find to, do you tend to find a, uh, a running theme with the songs that, that come to you and don't take a long time to write are the better ones or are the better ones in your opinion, the ones that you have to kind of really work on for an extended amount of time. What seems to have been the trend with your, with your songs? Well, I think a good song, I always write from my experiences. Like I don't, I can't write stuff that is, uh, that I haven't experienced or I haven't been part of or haven't watched or heard from somebody else's feelings or emotions or something that people have been through. So it has to be something that has happened. Like I can't just create a, a fantasy, I guess. Um, so there is a lot of truth to my, my writings and my music and reality, I'll say. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the good ones are the ones who just like you start with something and then an hour later, most of it is it's there. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I've had many times that I started something and I got stuck because there was nowhere to grow or I didn't feel the vibe or so, you know, at the end of the day, a song is being born. I have a notion in the beginning when before it comes out, I have a notion of what I would like to achieve, but you have to let it happen. Like you have to let the child become who it wants to be. So sometimes the song leads me to a place where it should be, where I didn't have a clue of what I would like it to be to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, um, I there were a lot of bad ones, but there are a lot of great ones and good ones. And I just love them all. They're like my children. <laughs> I can't decide. <laughs> I love that metaphor. Uh, hopefully everyone listening out there, you caught all the golden treasures that Kafir has dropped through this interview. Uh, I'm definitely leaving it feeling inspired. Um, if you want to check out Kafir on Instagram, he's at Kafir Music. We'll also drop that link in the description of this episode. Kafir, thanks so much for being on Bill for Stage podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I miss you guys in the States and I can't wait to come back. Yeah, we can't wait either. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to Bill for the Stage podcast. Once again, if you want to try a free trial, go to BillForTheStage.com. You can fill out that name and contact form, and we'll be on our way with seven days of a free trial. Thanks again to Broadway Podcast Network for producing this podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Bill for the Stage, or TikTok at Bill for the Stage, or BFTS Broadway on Twitter. Until next time, it's me, Roscoe. Later.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.